0: Hello, everybody. Hello, hello, hello. Happy Monday. It is October... Oh, I got my it is October 11th. It's almost 2 o'clock where I'm at. Almost. It's bitter cold, you guys. This morning, I realized summer is over. 90 degree weather is gone. Beautiful days of shorts and tank tops is done until next year. And there's a bite in the air, like a real bite. Like, ah, ah, ah. the kind that goes, yeah, it's winter time. Time for jackets, time for gloves and hats. Time to get prepared. I was prepared. Anybody seen Hoodwink the movie? Granny? Granny was always prepared for everything. That's how I am. I try to be prepared for everything. I was prepared. I think this weekend I had to go somewhere, have my nice fluffy jacket on, had a beanie hat. I was like, huh, I just need to get some gloves. I need to just buy a bunch of gloves so we have gloves in the house. So you guys, don't know what this week is going to be like great sermon at church yesterday what were we talking about this I wanted to share this (laughs) I'm very my I don't hold back expressions on my face I used to be very good at being blank like I didn't want people to read my expressions and know what I was feeling yada 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 but uh I mean, I've really let go of that, and um, sometimes I laugh at church at the most inopportune times. I don't mean to. It looks like I'm laughing at what the pastor's saying, but I'm actually, internally, it's something God's showing me. So, yesterday was no exception. We were talking about Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, you'll make the darkness tremble. Jesus, Jesus. That's a little off key, but that's all right. Where were we at? Oh, here we go. Maybe. Here we go. So we were in chapter 16, right? Of the Bible, if anybody's wondering, chapter sixteen of what in the Bible? New King James Version. I've really marked up this these pages. My Bible's so marked up. I love it. Everywhere I turn. So we are over in like verses um, fourteen through twenty-one. Jesus is talking to the disciples because he's asking them, "Who do you?" He asks Peter. Who am I to you you know because everybody's coming up with these names for Jesus you know he's this he's that blah 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 everybody has their own take on Jesus but there's only one kind of Jesus that's going to get you salvation is the Jesus you know that spoke about in the Bible and it was interesting when he was talking because I was really just unfolding in my mind you know I always am fascinated by the journey of Jesus, the way he did things, beginning and to end, he was fully surrendered to God. Even as a young child, there's somewhere in the Bible, it speaks when he was like 14 and he stayed behind in the, during the celebration, his family left to go back home and he stayed behind. Well, when they finally found him, they asked, son, why did you make us worry? He goes why did you worry i was with my father so that marked that was very significant for me when i read that i realized that jesus had been following god his whole life and she, and god had specifically chose mary and joseph because they would allow jesus to go and follow god um some people will never reckon, or maybe not in this lifetime, um, recognize that God is with us at a young age. I look back in my life and some of my early memories are because God was with me. Um, I was able to do the things I did and stay alive <laughs> because God was with me the whole time, leading me. All the times I spent outside and I'm very, I love being outdoors. I still do as a an adult, the outdoors feels like home to me. But as a child, especially, I would take off. I would could entertain myself um, alone for days. I didn't need anything. Give me an apple tree. Give me a garden. You know, I, I didn't need my parents. And I look back in those times. God was leading me. And if my parents would have been mentally and emotionally healthy, you know, maybe I would have surrendered to God a lot sooner. But that's just not the way things worked out. And that's all right. Because I've surrendered to him now. But I recognize that in a lot of, like, Jesus surrendered. That's the thing, a lot of people are like, No, they watch Jesus do all this healing and they see all these stories. But what truly, truly Jesus did, he surrendered every day, every moment to God. That takes work. That takes dedication. That takes faithfully following God and practicing. God has to teach us how to surrender. Jesus had grown up that way, so it became second nature to him. For us nowadays in the world that we live in, in all the things that we have done as a mankind species, we have to relearn how to let go and follow in the spirit. Um, and that's quite different than following in the flesh. You know, following in the spirit is to follow that beating of the heart and not your flesh heart, you guys. We have two separate hearts within us. We have our physical flesh-beating heart. But within that same area is also our spiritual heart in which God gave us. Okay? um, You know, God had to give me a new heart. It's been a couple of years since he did that. Oh, man, it's been two years now. Ooh. God had to give me a heart of flesh because my heart was of stone. Um, But now I recognize the difference between going my way because I think it's better versus going the way that God is asking me to go. And as we were talking about this, I realized that God's really gotten me to a point that even if I don't understand what he's asking me to do, I still let go and do it. And it's not even me truly doing it. Oftentimes, when I do things through letter or, and I've done a lot of letters, you guys, I find that I'm more effective when I write versus when I'm actually speaking. When I speak, sometimes it gets confusing. When I write, it just comes out so clear. It's something that isn't even really me that is coming through in the words. And it amazes me. I'm like, that did not come from me. That, ha- that came from something beyond me because I could not put my words together that eloquently or that direct or that bluntly. Um, so I do a lot of things via letter. Um, it gets the point across a lot better. And I do believe God comes through when I'm doing stuff like that. But that means I have to, to surrender in those moments of just letting go to what flows through, you know, in the words. I can't stop and think about every little thing that comes out. I just have to let it go. Let it go. Let it flow. So we're talking and in this party, asked Peter, who am I to you? Peter answered, I can't remember what it was. What was it? You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. This is in verse 16. And Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Bar Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Now, a couple significant things about this passage, you guys. And just just so I recap, this is chapter 16 in Matthew Verse 16 through 19. Um, When he asked Peter, when Jesus asked, who am I to you? You know, God must have been searching through Peter's heart to see if he truly believed in, in his answer. You know, when Peter answered, you are Jesus Christ, the son of the living God. I do believe God was searching his heart and knew that Peter believed it beyond a doubt. There are some people that just believe it because it's in a book and there are some people they feel it. There's a difference in just believing it and you feel what Jesus did. I feel what Jesus did. To surrender the way he did takes so much work and dedication and love for God. He loved God that much. He didn't care about anything else. Not a lot of people in this world can say that they love God more than everything in this world. They could say that, yeah, God should be the focus, but if you ask them to give up their home, they would freak out. There was this thing we were um we had this sermon, and then um, I help with the preschoolers downstairs after um during second service. And I asked the kids. You know, these are preschoolers, mind you. I asked them if they, we were talking about sacrifices, and I go, "Would you give God your most favorite toy?" And all of these kids were like, "No, I could never give God my favorite toy." There, you want to talk about upsetting some children? You just say that, and and watch their lives crumble. They, there was just no way. <laughs> you know, when you you don't don't get mad because as their answer. they're just children they don't know any better you know their favorite toy is their life right now but as an adult think about it what do you love the most are you willing to give it to god some people it's their money some people it's their job their reputation some people it's their status What do you hold greater than God? You may think that God is the most important, but if God asked you to give away your car, would you? If God asked you to sell your home and move, would you? If God asked you to give up everything you had, give it away and be poor for a year, would you do it? Could you do it? Would you lessen your life and sacrifice that to God? Could you? Could you as a parent watch your, give your child to God like Mary did, knowing that they would die? I mean, think about it. I asked somebody this a couple years ago. What if God took your children? Would you still love Him? God would never ask me that. That's what this woman said. She was, God would never ask us that. God would never do that. But God asked Mary that. And lots of children die every year. Just because God doesn't tell us why they die doesn't mean He had a reason doesn't mean he didn't have a reason. God is in control of everything. Even those things, he allows them to happen. They're meant to wake people up. When children die unexpectedly from a tragic accident and people cannot understand why this happened, it's meant to trigger some people to wake them up and bring them closer to God. And Sometimes that doesn't even work. Sometimes people just embody that trauma too deeply that they just bury themselves in it and they cannot see beyond the pain. They think, how could this happen to me instead of why did this happen to me? I think about this a lot about children who are who have left this world, what we think is a little too young, but we don't know that that may have been their purpose served here on earth, was to die at a young age. Unless you go to God, you will never really understand that. And I've asked God about these things. There was a boy who got shot in the alley behind my apartment. It was very tragic when you stop and ask God, ask God, why would he allow that to happen? was an example to show people, wake them up. Don't get involved in these things. It's sin. The wage of sin is death. And that's what happens when you mess with things like that. I think about that So, you know, could you give up everything and give it to God as a sacrifice? And I've, I can tell you, I have given God everything in my life my soul, my heart, my children, my life, everything. I am God's. I surrendered. I got sick and tired. Of being sick and tired of my own choices that were killing me. The people I thought were good for me that were actually suffocating, who were destroying my soul. I got sick of it. I got sick of making choices that were hurting me. So I surrendered, I had enough. And I, be- I know in that moment, God knew I would never back away from that commitment, that I would forever surrender and be his to the death. I would die. If God asked me to die tomorrow, I would do it. I'm just saying you have to think about those things when you're getting ready to serve in the kingdom of God. Are you willing to give it all? A lot of people don't want to have these conversations because they think God would never ask you to do these things. But truly, if you want to go all the way with God and you really want to get knee deep in serving in his kingdom, you have to ask yourself this because God is going to ask you to do things that, you know, are not of the normal Christian society. He will. And are you willing to do those things? Are you willing to step up to the plate and do what it takes to allow God to live through you and to bring other people close to him? Because sometimes the things he asks you to do are downright crazy. God has had me do some crazy things where I was like, well, God, you know what? I, you know, I trust you. You you know what you're doing, and I'm just going to let it be. Uh, what was the one? And why this comes up, you guys, because it says here, and also I say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. And I say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church. On this rock was that faith, that Peter had within his heart that God could read his heart posture on that rock, on that solid faith. Jesus could build a church, a spiritual church, you know, something where people would come to him and know that he was solid. He wasn't going to sit there and swing one way and swing another. There's this debate about President Biden. I was, I don't know why I got stirred up into this debate. So President Biden, you know, he is Catholic, yet he endorses women's rights for abortion. Let me lay out flat how I stand on this. And this is not about religion. This is about moral, morally correct. A woman does not have a right to choose whether someone lives or dies, regardless of whether it's in the womb or out of the womb. A fetus is a living thing. Okay, once the egg meets the sperm, it starts to change. Change means it's growing, growing means it's living. It's facts. So when our government, thank you, our government, started wanting to stroke the ego of women because if we make them happy, they will vote for us. You know, we want to empower women. You empowered women by giving them the right to murder. And now they feel very entitled. We have a whole generation of women who are, women's rights, I have the right to choose this life within me. Are you kidding me? We gave women the right to murder? Why? Women are essentially no better than a man. We are not better than. We are still flesh and bone. And we are not entitled to have the right to decide whether a life lives in us or not. It's murder. So all these people are like, oh, Biden, even though he's Catholic, he's standing up for women's rights and he's so wonderful and blah, 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 blah. Well, first of all, that's hypocritical. If you're going to speak about faith, if you're going to put your hand on that Bible, you better live by it. Otherwise, if you can't live by the laws of God that you claim to be walking with, if you can't walk with it in all your life, then I don't trust you. You're a hypocrite. You are a liar. You are deceitful. That's why a lot of people in this world, they'll sit and they'll act like they're the good guy. Like they're good people. But behind the scenes, they're doing deceitful things for their own selfish gain. That's deceitful. You are a liar. God knows these things. So I say to you that you are Peter and on this rock I build my church and the gates of Hades will not prevail. God knew within the heart of this man that he was solid. He wasn't hypocritical. There's something God knows within me. I know when he's searching my heart, I can feel it. I don't lie to God. Ever, ever, ever. I'll tell him when I don't know. I'll tell him I don't know if I can commit to that because I don't feel like I've come to that truth yet. I'm honest with God because he reads my heart and he understands. I'm just not there yet to make that kind of commitment. I haven't done that in a while though. I really do. I've let go to God to where I'm, if he asked me to commit to something, I know it's for a reason. I don't even, I don't even second guess it. People in my life, let go to that i know god knows what he's doing but it says here and the gates of hades will not prevail against it my pastor was talking and you guys i i heard this from my pastor so this isn't personal first experience knowledge but i know my pastor is not a liar He said that the youth group leader, Pastor Garrett, had actually visited where Jesus was speaking this very moment in this passage. There's a cave near there. And legend has it, superstition has it, that this cave was the gate to Hades. And as my pastor's sitting there, I'm going, whoa. I wonder what it'd be like to stand in front of that. Huh. You know, there is a dark underworld. Spiritually. Okay. There is. That's sin. It's this darkness that we are powerless to. And until God shows you that, it's really hard to, to see it. You don't know. You just know that there's just some things, like I knew I didn't have control of some things. I was powerless, and I didn't understand it. But God did show me. And once I saw what evil looked like, sin looked like, that attachment to something darker than myself. So when... He read this passage and he was talking about Pastor Garrett having been there. Well, Pastor Garrett was gone this weekend, so I can't even ask him what the experience was like, because now I'm really curious. I want to see these places eventually in life. Bucket list. It'll happen. My pastor goes, only Jesus. He goes and plants God's flag on enemy turf. Basically saying, you're not going to win. I'm right here at your doorstep, Satan. Here in Hades at your doorstep, here you are. Here's the flag of God right here on your property. And you're not going to prevail over God. How extraordinary for Jesus to just walk over and kapoop spiritually like it's like a dog running up and peeing on your car tire maybe not the same essence but basically god was marking his territory you're not gonna win there's nothing you can do it's over really made me look back at some of the things God has asked me to do I always sometimes I was like God I just cannot I cannot do this one more time I just don't want to deal with these things I just want to move on and sweep them under the rug I always was like that just sweep them under the rug and God's like nope nope you surrendered if you love me then you will do what I ask that's how God is If God is really first, you will always do what he asks you to do over listening to the fear and walking away. Because God can get, you know, God, we're all usable to God. God can find somebody to do these things. But finding somebody who's willing to do anything, now that's extraordinary. And I do know people like that. Those are the very people in my life that I'm very close to. So I know it's possible. I'm not the only one. Anybody can do that. But you really have to trust. And you have to practice every day. I had to practice every day. Surrendering physically. Like I had to relax my muscles and go, You know what, God? I'm making the mental note that I'm surrendering to you. And not every day was perfect. There were some days I ran away, like, I can't do this. I'm, oh, it's over. I'm done. I just can't. I can't do this anymore. Ugh. But now it is very much like second nature. What happened today? For some random reason, I grabbed three quarters off my kitchen table. I don't know why. I think in my ide- mind, I had an idea that I was going to purchase this thing right after work. Um, But I forgot the rest of the cash. I needed like a $5 bill. (laughs) So all I had was these three quarters in my back pocket. And I was like, why would I have three? Why do I I never carry money around? When I go to work, I never try to have money on me. But one of my coworkers bought something and he was short a quarter. I was like, oh, I got a quarter. It was just like second nature. I didn't even think about it. I was like, oh, well, I'm glad I brought that quarter. And like an hour later, another coworker, she's like, I need two quarters looking through her purse. I was like, oh, I have two quarters. And I handed them to her and I go, you know, it's really weird. I grabbed three quarters. I don't even know why I ended up using them. That was perfect. God is always Perfect. But see, I live my life in a way, and God has trained me up in a way where I don't second-guess those little things in my day. Like I wanted to grab three quarters, I grabbed three quarters. I didn't think about it in depth the why. I just let it go, put it in my pocket, and walked away. Turns out, God used them. Those are his seeds of love he's planting in other people through me. That's how it works. When you surrender, God is able to come through you and serve his love, you know, to other people through you. Through me, God is touching people. Why? Because those people really don't know how to go to God. They really have this broken belief system about who God is. But me, Flesh Christine, they love me. And, you know, they, I feel like everybody around me is like family. Like I'm supposed to be with them. So they love me. They protect me. They feel love when they think of me. You know, I am kind. I'm weird. I fit in. You know, they love me. So when I, when those things happen, those kind things happen, they receive them with an open heart because in their flesh eyes, they're receiving it from Christine. So it's good. Christine's safe. But truly, what's going on behind the spiritual veil is God is blessing them and touching them with his love. He's the one giving them those things. He's the one hugging them, giving them, serving them, everything them. It's all God. And many of us spend our life denying God the ability to work through us and love others. I did that for a long time in my life. I was so isolated. I didn't know how to. And the only way to learn how to truly love is to let go to God. It's the only way you will ever learn how to love. I took disciple classes, and this was the core of those disciple classes, was love, loving like Jesus, walking around and loving others, surrendering, I loved those classes. They really shaped me. I needed them. God knew I needed those. But we have to do the things that God asks us to do that, that helps us become what he needs us to become to surrender. What was the thing this week? I want to give this as an example. So my boss didn't need me to work on Thursday, which was a little different at first. got a little conflicted inside I was like huh you know that's weird that I would miss a day and then my first thought got well that's a day short on my paycheck and then I was like but wait a second see and this is because I'm surrendered to God constantly he's able to come in and loop through my brain and then he goes but you're starting double courses this week and you're going to need that day to get, your, get yourself together because, you know, this is a new routine and you're going to have to play catch up, recognize where where your weaknesses are so the second week you're prepared. And I was like, oh, how beautiful. God is in that kind of control. God was able to work it that I got that extra day off. But see, at first, my mind wanted to go to be enslaved by the money is anybody catching that like when your first worry about things that are happened is money money how am i going to afford this how am i going to afford that you are enslaved to money and i already know anytime i get into that mindset that's my first thought don't be slave to money because i'm not i won't be i won't be a slave to anything again. I'll be the servant of God. God doesn't treat me like a slave. God makes me feel very free. I'm very, very free. So Jesus, he physically walked over to the physical door of Hades planted a spiritual flag and said you're just not going to prevail it doesn't matter what you do and it's true it doesn't matter the good will always prevail and if you think you're going to get away with doing wrong in this world you won't you can't it just won't happen the darkness always comes to light and i've realized this in my own life not just my darkness but other people's darkness that was hidden within me. I always thought I could walk away from it and I could just sweep it under the rug. But as I look back in my life, God has had to bring those things out of me and I've, I've had to put them in the light. He's always created the situations where they had to be talked about, brought up, and now I realize that if there's something in your life that you fear talking about, then you need to talk about it until you no longer have fear of it. Like, I look at that. There There was just some things in my life I was scared to talk about. And now, as time has went on, and, you know, those are part of my life, I talk about it. And it's becoming almost second nature to talk about my life and the things that happened in my life with the people that were in my life. So... But hooray for Jesus. That's how surrendered he was. Because I look and I know I've been in situations where I was looking the devil straight in the face. But I wasn't in control. God was. Because I would have never been able to do it. Flesh Christine would have fleed the scene and hidden behind a rock and started crying. But God threw me. He does some pretty amazing things, you guys. Hmm. such a good sermon you guys if Jesus can do it what is your excuse because Jesus was a man he was flesh and bone if Jesus could do it we are more than capable of asking God to help us to surrender to him and why not telling you from experience it is easier just to surrender and follow him and allow him to take you where you should go it's a much better place i look back as i look back at this notebook i'm getting ready to toss you guys okay when i started this notebook it was in february okay At this current time, in my emotional mental state, I didn't want to be around people. I just wanted to be isolated. I I didn't want to let people close to me. I just wanted to get my degree, buy a house, take care of my kids, just me and God, you know. I really, Didn't want people close to me, you know. There was things going on in my life too that were, you know, making it harder for me to trust other people. Um, And I remember flat out telling God, "I don't want to do the things you're asking me to do. I don't want to get involved with the church." I don't want to go to picnics with people. I don't want to ask people to help me. I don't want people getting close to me. I don't want to create relationships with people. And then the people that I wanted to create relationships with me were, you know, not good for me anyway. So far, for Christine and her poor choices. This is what I'm saying, you guys. When I leaned on to my own understanding, I was bringing people in my life that didn't love me. And they were just breaking me down, draining me, just taking, taking, taking. The more I give, the more they took. And they didn't care. They didn't care. In fact, they said they didn't care. I don't care. They didn't care if I was happy or not. They just wanted me to make them happy. And if I wasn't going to do that, then I was worthless to them. And that's how God was able to pull up that broken core belief in February. Because there was somebody in my life. And he really didn't care. And I saw it and I didn't know how to leave him. the way he treated me was so loving Uh, I mean so unloving and cold but he had no problem getting off at my pain and suffering because he didn't care to him it was about him getting off it was all about his sexual satisfaction he was very sickened He saw me suffering and he didn't care. He didn't even ask because he just wanted to be taken care of. He treated me like I was... I was worthless unless I could sexually please him. Then that's all he wanted. And that's why... I was triggered into that core belief in February. It was a lot of things. That was really painful. thinking about it you guys it suddenly clicks why I was triggered into recognizing that core belief why it came up then because there was some things I had done but I didn't feel bad about them I wasn't being a bad person I was trying to figure myself out and to feel better. But this man with his behavior, he always treated me like I was worthless. Unless I could do what he wanted me to do. Which was for his... Sexual selfish gain. When I look back at that relationship. I learned how to love myself. Love myself so much, I will never allow somebody to treat me like that again. Ever. And to know what I deserve. We deserve somebody who loves us the way We love. With the same intensity, same passion, same kind, giving heart. If you're with somebody who doesn't love you the way you love them and they're leaving you feel empty, I'm going to tell you right now they will never change. They're not going to change. They're never going to change. They may change for a moment. They may know how to manipulate it to blind you for a little bit. But their core behaviors will always come back. And you will always return to feeling like you're not good enough for them to change. You are not good enough for them to love you the way you deserve. And the only thing that can be changed is you getting up on your two feet and walking the F out. And I mean that with every last breath in me. If you were in that situation right now, you need to find your two feet, put them in your shoes and walk away. Now, I walked away from my marriage and I gave him everything. Everything but my clothes. Everything. The man got my wedding ring back. He wanted it. Guess what? I put it in a Ziploc bag and he got it. I didn't care. I didn't want nothing from him. I'm done. I'm over it. Get up and walk away. Know your worth. Stop validating their selfish behavior. And I'm sure they'll find another broken person to emotionally bleed to death. But it won't be you. Best thing I ever did in my life was walk away from that relationship. God's doing something. He's not showing me all of it. He keeps telling me to trust him. Oh God. Sometimes I just wanna know what God's doing all over the world. How did you get that to work out the way you did? I just wanna know behind the scenes. But alas, I cannot know everything. Otherwise, what would the point of life be? So you guys, I want you to think about this. What's God asking you to do right now in your life that you're refusing to do? And we all know it. We all know what we're being pulled to do. If we really dig inside of our soul, some people will be like, I really don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. But if you really sit down with them and start asking the right questions, they know exactly what they're supposed to be doing. They're just avoiding it because they don't believe they can. And they can't see the way. I know what that's like. I've done that. Because I couldn't see the way. I didn't think it could happen. God, he always makes a way. Are you denying God to live through you? Like he did with Jesus. Aside from Jesus dying on the cross, which is the greatest thing that anybody could ever do. There will never be another Jesus. What he did was so significant. Nobody could ever give that much love, ever. Nobody ever will. He changed the world. It's probably the greatest moment in history. If I had to think about all the moments in our history Jesus dying on the cross was the greatest because it affected the spiritual world and our physical world. Not a lot of things can do that. And that affected everybody. Positive or negative, everybody was affected by it. It is the greatest moment in history. God's getting me to talk about things until they don't hurt no more not hurt but until I stop being I don't want to say scared I'm not scared until it just becomes second nature as part of my life it is what it is it happened out of our deepest struggles you guys comes the greatest reward I had somebody in my life try to tell me I'm worthless, not necessarily by the words, but by the behaviors. And guess what? I realized he didn't even know me. (laughs) And he never will. And I'm not worthless. God brought me out of that. Hmm. Anyway, I'm just reflecting, guys. See what happens? I get into this reflective state. And I just start thinking, oh, man, God. That moment was deeper than I thought. It was pretty deep for me. But you always find that when you reflect. Take the time. You know, my son, I taught... was teaching him meditation tools this weekend and he did it couldn't believe it my 17 year old son asking me about spiritual guidance and God me it was a beautiful moment set the time aside you guys you have to set the time aside you have to reflect me too, I have to do it every day I might do it after this. Maybe I should do it after this. We'll see. So I love you guys. Thank you for listening to me ramble. And I want you to think about that part in, you know, Matthew. How significant is that? Jesus went to the physical location. Planted God's spiritual flag. At the mouth of Hades. Hades and said, you will not prevail. God does that every day through people like us who surrender to him. God has done that through me just recently. That I think that's why this verse is so significant. He had me do something that was like, oh God, you just want to like have me stir the the pot and uh, just walk away but that's how God is he's gonna win if you keep living against him you're gonna live in misery so anywho I hope you guys have a beautiful day I this gets you guys thinking. Get you guys to go look. Matthew chapter 16, verses 14 through 19. Read them. Read them. Or go into Bible Gateway. If you search for Bible Gateway, which is an actual website, you can type in any part of the Bible, either a verse or the chapter. You can, you can, it has a toggle right next to it where you can do, New King James Version, the King James Version, the... You know, it has all the different versions. And you can actually have it read to you off that website in different voices. I love it. It's such a universal website. It's called BibleGate.com. I invite anybody who struggles with reading lengthy amounts of passages and you really just want to hear somebody read it, Just uh, start in the New Testament, start with Matthew and just go to Bible Gateway and just start reading that whole chapter. That's where I would begin. I think Matthew is one of the most significant Bible chapters, again, because it was the greatest moment in history happened in Matthew. And that's where, you know, we really need to put our roots in when it comes to reading the Bible. So I love you guys. I hope you have a beautiful day. I hope you take the time to just look outside. Look at the change. Recognize the change. Where were you at the beginning of the summer? Where were you in May? You know, I think about where was I in May? That was brutal too. My May was brutal. But where were you? Versus now. I was looking back in my journals and I realized I haven't had a lot of bad, bad days like I used to, a lot of painful days. They, they faded, they faded out. I have really good days. I don't have a lot of bad days. It's kind of nice. What else did I think about? I'll leave you guys with this thought. Listen, so when I brought up the abortion thing, right? There's this post that I was engaging in. You know, and here's the other thing about abortion. We don't know what this life will come to be. This life of the child that people are thinking about aborting. You know, I think about me. What if my mother, who was 15 when she had me, what if she would have aborted me? And somebody, you know, somebody in the post made the comment, well, you, that child wouldn't have had a great life, and, you know, we have to, you know... We're making the best choice it can be, blah, blah, blah. Same excuse and justification for your immoral choice. They always try to justify, well, we do it because that child would have a really crappy life. Well, but yeah, but I look back on my life. You know, if I look at it, you know, my father was violently abusive. My mother was always drunk, passed out on the couch. Then when they got divorced, and I was so happy... Then she got remarried to a man who intentionally like used reverse psychology on us kids. He loved to mentally he was just mentally disturbing. He loved to mentally mess with us kids. He loved it. He enjoyed it. On top of that, he was, you know, molesting me until the, you know, and grooming me. ...to be okay with it so that at a certain age I wouldn't say no. Like he would do it in degrees to where at some point he could just have sex with me. That's the end goal of people molesting children, by the way, you guys. Let's just talk about it. A lot of people don't like to hear this, but for an adult or a person who is molesting children... The goal is they're not going to stop until they have sex with that child and they get all of it. That's the mental goal. Enough is never enough. It starts with touching and they keep going because the child hasn't said no. They use fear and intimidation to shut the child up so that the child never actually says no. So in their mind they justify and they go, but the child isn't saying no, so I'm going to keep going. And they slowly condition the child until one day they're raping the child and the child is laying there like stiff but in this adult person's mind and I'm saying men because most pedophiles are men and there are women but they're mostly men. You know in his mind he's thinking they're not saying no and he's justifying his sickened behavior. That's the end goal you guys. the way my stepfather was I look back and I see how he was grooming me in degrees little by little but he didn't get that far you know and I thank God for that and I look at that and I think about all my choices that I made because of that trauma I was really messed up I used to be so angry I was so angry I thought I was going to start getting violent on people I had a lot of dark rage within me and then I got introduced to smoking weed and that just was like drinking on a a different degree it just held all my emotions in and then I drank and now look at me I look back and I think A lot of people would have probably thought it was best for my mother to have an abortion because they looked at her, they looked at her history, and they knew that I would probably live the same life she lived, which is pretty much what happened. You know, my mother, she lived through the same thing on a different degree. Like it was really bad when she was growing up, really bad. So I understand where she comes from. And so a lot of people probably looked and thought she would have been better off having an abortion. But I look at me now and I have children. I have a life. And I, I'm grateful for the worst times in my life because they've made me, I love God so much now and I have surrendered my life to become like Jesus. This is the greatest feeling ever. I could ever try to achieve. This is what we all search for. This inner fulfillment of success is to surrender like Jesus did and follow God. We're all searching for this. But in our human flesh mind, we think we're going to get that with money, people, places, and things. But you won't. You never, never will. You never will. I had it all and I was the most miserable person. I lost everything and got God and followed him I've never been so happy in my life. These since probably May, I have never been so happy, loved, and fulfilled in my life. I've let go of everything. like, And God does beautiful things, you guys. I just bought a harp. And I'm talking the ones that are kind of tall, maybe not as tall as me, Musical harp that you strum with your fingers, they're really expensive. God has blessed me in a way to be able to purchase one. Plus, the tattoos I've gotten. I mean, I've done some pretty cool things this year, you guys. God has blessed me. I may not have all the money in the world, but let me tell you, I'm happy. And if there's something I really want, God goes way out of His way to make sure I get it. I'm not left wanting. It's so beautiful. So if you really want that inner fulfillment, if you really want what you know in your heart you can only get from God, well, the only way to do it is to surrender fully like Jesus and follow God through everything. You're going to follow God through the flames. You're going to follow God through the raging rivers. He is going to take you places that train you up. It's not like follow God and your life is instantly blessed. When you decide to follow God, he's going to bring you through some stuff that shows what you're made of. That's why I'm grateful for all my struggles. God has brought me through some stuff that he knows what I'm made of. I know what I'm made of. I'm not scared of anything. When God asks me to do something, I do it exactly how God wants it done right down to the last detail every word every letter everything I've ever done was done to God's specific detail by surrendering to him it's so beautiful so guys I love you this got kind of long I hope this inspires people to really think about it what do you want in life what do you want do you want to do you like where you're at Well, when you're sick and tired of being sick and tired of trying to figure out how to get that inner fulfillment, then let go of everything you have, go to God, and ask Him to take you the way. Because you're never going to reach it without Him. Ever, ever, ever. And don't believe what you see on TV. All those famous celebrities, all of this and that. They are liars. They are fake. It's a fake facade lie. It's marketing. You are being marketed to believe that if you bought this, if you had this, if you watched this certain TV, if you played this game. If you bought this Victoria's Secret bra, every man would want you because he would see your cleavage and it would just draw his attention and he would fall in love with you. Okay, what's another one? What's another commercial I always think I'm like, really? If you bought this TV, it would change your life. Look at the resolution. I don't even have a TV in my living room, you guys. So this is really hard for me. Like, I don't care about those things. Like, look at the resolution. You could just taste the food that's on the screen. What was the other one I saw? If you bought this certain car, it would change the way you feel inside. It's always marketing that if you had this, it will change the way you feel. That is a lie. Money will never... Change that internal feeling about yourself and your life. It never, never will. It'll buy you a moment of happiness. But that happiness will fade. It will because it's not eternal. Ah, Advertising, such a lie. It's all lies. Only God can make us internally happy. Cause he loved us first. So I love you guys. Hope you have a happy Monday. And God bless.